0: This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media.
1: Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today, again, are Deacon Eric Wright and his wife, Maggie. Welcome again. Great to have you. Thank you. And Thank we'll you. start with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, um, we ask that your blessing be upon all families and upon the right family. Um, we ask, O oh Lord, um, that your um, blessing be upon um, all expecting parents, um, um, that that they might um, receive their children with, with great joy. Um, we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, Deacon and Maggie, I wanted to talk to you about um your family and about you know um how you have kind of made Christ more the center of your family i think an interesting thing about your relationship is is that it it didn't begin as two religious people you know mm-hmm. and in fact it wasn't even um a catholic wedding no originally. no
0: how did you get
1: your church, uh, your your marriage kind of recognized? So you were a Catholic, Maggie, and raised a Catholic, so you were bound by form. You had to yep. get married in a Catholic ceremony. There weren't any prior bonds or anything like no. that. So Mm-mm. what was the process like to get your marriage um, as a sacrament?
0: Father Reese did it for us. In fact, I, I went to Eric and I told him, I said, in order for me to come into the church and to be where I want to be, I need you to do this. So Eric was like, okay, you know, as long as he didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, did and, they do a
1: ceremony? And
0: yeah, yeah, we did it in the little chapel there. Um, and and it, it's funny because my older son was there, Tony. <laughs> uh, now, you mentioned
1: that you sensed a real difference in your marriage prior to it being a sacrament. And that yes. there really is a difference. Could you, you know, maybe elaborate a little bit on what what does that feel like or look like?
0: Oh, I hope I can get do this justice. So before we had our marriage um, recognized as a sacrament, the way that we lived our life was different, but also the way that we related to each other was different. You know, just in, in our marriage and then the way that we treated each other and— um, seeing it as a permanent thing, as a commitment to each other. You know, um, we were so, you know, li- living a, a sacramental marriage is so different because you have God, you have Jesus right there in the midst with you, helping you every step of the way. Marriage is marriage is not a, a cakewalk, no matter what, and even the best of couples, you know. Um, have struggles, but when you have Christ with you during those struggles, when you are are experiencing struggles with with Him there, it makes a huge difference. Um, well, yeah.
2: and you had you had to ask for the help too. Yeah. Um, you know, God can be present, and you know, but you have to ask our you know ask our Lord come in, help us, be with us, help us get through this, and mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference where before you know, we, we would argue or whatever, and then there was nothing, you know, so uh, now, you know, we pray, and, and uh, it's easier to forgive, too, a lot yeah. quicker than than just trying to do it on my own, especially for me. You know, I have a hard time forgiving people, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I take it to our Lord real quick and say, help me get through this, and it helps me a lot. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no. Go. You
0: go to confession, you know, and then then you're able once you reconcile with Jesus, then you're able to, you know, walk back to your spouse and and work on that reconciliation together. I and mean, we we had some pretty difficult times after that. That I think that if we'd have done that, if they would have happened during the time of our secular marriage, I don't I don't know that we would have survived because we lost three children during that time you know we buried three children and um yeah i just he was always with us during that there was always hope
1: when um when you entered into a sa- the sacrament of marriage um and through the convalidation um in a ceremony did you go in there with an openness to life had you always kind of been have you had you been converted at that point to the church's teaching on um you know, this, um, that the marital act be open,
0: open so, to children. Prior okay. coming to faith, I just didn't think I could have any more. I really only wanted my 2.1 children, you know, as they say, and that would be enough. Um, Eric was always open to life. I don't think that you were ever, but I, we never, I don't, know, I guess God graced us because we never, um, we just didn't think we could have them. We we just didn't get pregnant. Um, but once we um, once I came back to faith, and once we came into the sacrament of marriage together, we opened ourselves to God. And I just told him I'm open to whatever you give us, you know. And so we we both did that. We just said we're, we're willing to take whatever you give us. And he took us at our words too. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so seven living children later, and four that yeah. So.
2: Yeah, at that time uh after our, after our marriage uh, got recognized in the church and that sacrament, you know, one of the things I did was I prayed for patience. And that's when we started having many children. And so so yeah, I I don't pray for patience anymore. So uh, but I was—I've always been open to children. I yeah. can have as many as I, you know, as we can have. I—the I, more, the merrier. Yeah. Uh, We've
0: never used birth control. Yeah, We've never, never, never. We 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 didn't even do natural family planning. We just said we're open to whatever it is that mm-hmm. you choose. And he did take us at our word with that. Yeah. And we were always blessed. We never went without. You know, every time. Every time we got a got pregnant, you know Eric would get a raise or something, and in fact, I think with was it, Robert, I'm going all right, Lord, where's the raise? It's not here yet. <laughs> you know, like, so um clothes would just show up in the van, people would you know and we we just learned very much to trust him and trust our fertility to him and just let him take it from there
1: and and with children you know um the raising of your children as Catholics um you know, what What are some lessons that you've learned on the way? Or, or kind of, you know, like if someone was asking, you know, how do, how do I raise my children Catholic? What are s- some lessons that you've discovered along the way?
2: Consistency. Uh, be consistent, you know, Mass every week and explain it to them. Uh, you know, we just didn't go to Mass and not say anything to them about it. And we always talked about it every day, something different. Uh, you know, Maggie uh, homeschooled for a while, and, and they would incorporate that into their, their daily sessions. Uh, schoolwork so just more of, of living it every day um, and and talking to them explaining to them and you know pray uh, pray with them even if it's just at meals you know pray with them as a family uh, and, and you know prayer prayer is important and they need to see their parents doing it if you yes. you know if they if you expect them to stay with the faith they got to see you doing it because that then it's important to you you know and they may make it a priority also uh, or you know they're more apt to making a priority so for me Consistency, You know, always, always live in your faith every day, uh, not just on Sundays.
0: And they need to be able to experience Jesus, experience Jesus through you. And you can't take for granted that somebody else is going to tell them. You know, even even in today's world, which can be so confusing with my teenagers, I always look at them and say, okay, so do you see the fallacy in that? Let's talk about this. And and they do. Um, and we have real honest Conversations so that they're able to see and bring their faith into it. But then you also give them opportunities to experience Jesus, um, whether it be through prayer or, you know. And there's other outside things. There's things like Damascus. There's you know the things that the church and um, for my children, being at the the church was a normal part. It was a part of our life. You know, it's just I don't think that they would
2: not. No, not even today. So they you know, they, they know where I'm at. If I'm not at home, they know, you know, I'm at the church doing something. Usually I'll have one or two of them with me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they don't have any, any problems staying at the church, hanging out with us and, you know, just you know, youth groups, whatever. So they're very involved and, and they want to be involved.
1: What about family prayer? How have you integrated that? Um, obviously, you know, children have to kind of learn their prayers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Certainly, there's times like Sunday Mass, but also at meals where we pray. But how have you taught your children how to pray?
0: So, we, we and the family rosary, and then, of course, Eric prefers the Divine Mercy Chaplet because he's a little ADD there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's a little easier. Um, um, just praying every just normal prayer, you know. Well, let's pray about that, honey. You know, kids need to to feel they come to you with a problem or they you know I've got a test tomorrow so let's pray about that. Let's pray about your test and oh I prayed for you and all. I'll send a little text. I prayed for you today. I prayed for your your success with this or I remember you had a problem with this person. How did it go? I was praying for you. Um kind of giving them that opportunity of knowing the saints, you know. What saint to call on? What you know we we always kept plenty of sacramentals around the house, um things like that got to make it natural it doesn't have to be um totally formal although when they were younger we always gathered the neighborhood kids and my kids i always allowed them to invite them in and it's funny because grace will tell you who is our middle school youth minister she remembers that the majority of those kids who were not catholic knew how to pray the hail mary and they knew how to pray at Rosary. yeah, they knew how to yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah
1: well and and you know i think that the two things that really strike, me. one is, um, as you say, we can't, you know, we have to tell the story to them and mm-hmm. not let someone else be the one to tell the story. Um, we can control, in that sense, control that narrative. Yeah. Um, we can't control it forever, but we can at least be the ones that first tell tell them the story of Christ and, you know, kind of the biblical worldview. But then the other two like with friends is you know parents are always a little nervous about the neighborhood kids whether they're going to be bad influences or not well you can always turn bad influences into good influences mm-hmm. by yep. being that good influence so um thank you guys for joining us um this mm-hmm. has been conversations on discipleship i'm your host father adam streitenberger with me today It's been Deacon Eric Wright and his wife Maggie. Again, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, peace and all good.